Hi, I'm Lamar Nagel, former midfielder for the Seattle Sounders. What a strike from Lamar Nagel! And it's a magnificent finish by Lamar Nagel. Lamar Nagel makes it look easy! And it's a hat-trick from the boy from Federal Way, Lamar Nagel! The club and I share two common passions, soccer and community. So I'm taking over the podcast a few times this season to highlight people and organizations in the community that are doing positive things. It stems from the idea that many people want to get involved, but maybe don't know the most impactful ways to do it. This segment of the podcast will showcase nonprofits or movements and give people a blueprint on how to get involved or simply support organizations that align with their beliefs. This is Side by Side Community Spotlight. So in honor of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, the Sounders are using the month of May to feature programming projects designed to kind of promote and support local AA. NHPI-owned small businesses, kind of amplify the voices of historical and cultural experts, and invest and give back to the community. So in light of this episode of Community Spotlight, we'll give a little extra light to our friends at the Wing Loop Museum. Um, And we have on Don. How you doing, Don? Hi, Lamar. I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for for jumping on. I'd love to to jump in, get a brief introduction, um, first about yourself and then about the organization. Cool, so just a little bit about myself. My name is Dawn. I am the senior tour manager at the Wingwood Museum. I've been working there for about maybe 10 or 11 years now. Always been in the education department. Um, Started off as part-time leading tours and kind of worked my way up to where I'm at now. The Wingwood Museum is the only Asian American, um, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander um, kind of museum that focuses on the experiences that have come out of the diaspora, um, the communities that have moved and settled here um, in the Pacific Northwest. And the thing that really sets apart our organization uh, museum wise is that we are a very community-based organization. So all of our programming is around working within the community and using our museum as a platform for many of those um, marginalized communities or groups that don't really get as much spotlight or highlight um, a way for them to share their stories on their own levels instead of having, let's say, a curator you know, a person who just, you know, uh, talks about a group and like, is kind of like that all knowing figure. But at our museum, it's the people who gather, who come together, you know, to share their stories. They're the ones who make the decisions on how the stories are told, how the exhibits are created and like portraying of that, um, you know, theme that we're focusing on for that exhibit. And uh, it's just museum staff that help to elevate that. So it's pretty special. We are a museum that is a Smithsonian affiliate. We're also an affiliated site with the National Park Service. National parks, when you think about it, you're thinking about sites all around the United States that are being preserved and protected because these are places that are crucial to sharing American history, right? And um, for the last few years, we've been able to get funding through the National Park Service with their Every uh, Kids Outdoor program. 
So like we've been actually working with the Highline School District down in Burien, that's um, south you know, of Seattle, about 10 miles. And for the last four or five years now, I wanna say, <clears throat> we've been able to um, bring in fourth graders from the whole district to come learn about the history of our neighborhood in the Chinatown International District. And our neighborhood is crucial in telling that American history in one part, you know, the biggest, well, one of the biggest injustice that we've seen towards um, folks of Japanese ancestry, Japanese American families and their parents after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, anyone with Japanese ancestry, even with American citizenship, they were forced out of their homes and put into incarceration camps. So um, this is like a huge part of American history that folks don't know like the impact and how much changed our community. And like, I can just say like personally, um, you know, growing up, I never knew there was a Japantown in our, in our Seattle, right? But it actually used to be 67 blocks. And then after the whole incarceration event, uh, what we see of the neighborhood now, it's maybe about six and a half blocks. So quite a change. Um, and that's, you know, a part of that. Yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do at the museum, really get across that even if it's Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, these are all American stories that fold into US American history as a whole. Yeah, and the, so it seems like the Wing Luke Museum focuses on the art of storytelling and the power of that. Can you kind of speak a little bit to that? Definitely, so our, mu our museum's um, mission is to connect everyone to the dynamic history, cultures, and art of Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders through vivid storytelling and inspiring experience to advance racial and social equity. So we do this in a lot of uh, different avenues at the museum, whether it be through our exhibitions, you know, the galleries that you can walk in and view and kind of reflect upon when you see, <clears throat> but also like, um, in my department with tours and education, you know, it's um, immersing yourself in the history through walking tours of the neighborhood or even seeing the historic spaces that have been preserved in our building. So if you didn't know Lamar, our building is over a hundred years old. One of the first places that a lot of those immigrant pioneers would call home in the Chinatown International District. And um, you can actually walk through those spaces of the uh, hotel rooms where they would live in and share those um, places together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. so that storytelling is really kind of giving people the ability to walk in the shoes and, and have a little bit of empathy and understanding of, of what's going on. Definitely. What yeah. Um, so just speaking of storytelling, and you mentioned a little bit um, uh, just briefly about your kind of coming to understanding of what happened. Can you give us uh, your backstory and how you got involved and in, in where this passion comes from? So I'm second generation Vietnamese American. My parents um, came to the United States, to Seattle as uh, refugees following the Vietnam War. Uh, my mom got here around the uh, early 1980s. So um, this is the Vietnamese American community would settle in Seattle a lot later 
compared to the Chinese, the Japanese, the Filipinos, um, who really started up the Chinatown International District, you know, since the 1850s. Um, something to remember is that, you know, different ethnicities arrive at different times, but then you also have folks like the native Hawaiians who are there <laughs> first already on their yeah. island. So like, you know, different experiences. And so when we're talking about um, uh, Vietnamese, that's a little bit later, more towards 1980s. But me anyway, um, I, you know, didn't have a lot of friends or like classmates who were also of Vietnamese heritage uh, growing up. Um, very few like Asian folks, other Asian identified folks. And so uh, as a kid, you know, not having a lot of community that looked like you in the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, when you turn on the TV, you know, what you see of what's beautiful out there or what folks are striving to be, but not seeing that culture kind of like reflected in your home um, or what you see in the movies, right? Um, that lack of representation um, it made me feel a little uh, kind of like weird. Like why, why is it that my family can't fit in with the rest of this? Why is it so hard for um, teachers to say my name? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, these, all of these kinds of things. How come other folks don't speak the same language that we're speaking at home kind of thing. So uh, it can, it can feel a little bit lonely and um, just, kind of othered right and so I actually ended up not liking my heritage anything that made me Vietnamese as a kid growing up and this would continue through my time probably throughout high school you know just really separating myself from any other Asian kids at school then and um, it wouldn't be until I was um, studying at the University of Washington as an undergraduate taking a course it was called uh, contemporary problems for Asian Americans. This is AAS 206 <laughs> with my professor, Connie So, um, but like, who's my mentor now, but like back then I was just like, okay, maybe I'll try to take this class and try to like, you know, make some like Asian friends because that whole time in my childhood and in high school, I really wanted to separate myself from that. Didn't want to have any of that connection so it was a lot of self-hate, um, wanting to kind of like erase that part of myself. And um, after taking that course, it was a great reflection into why I was feeling those feelings, where those feelings were com coming from, but then also that what I was feeling wasn't just something that was wrong with me and that it was my own problem because everyone in that class was also feeling those kinds of things too. And it was very powerful because these were other folks that I could sit with and like talk about these experiences and connect and be like, oh my gosh, I felt that way too. And so, ooh, about to get all <laughs> emotional here, but just thinking about the friendships and the community that came out of that class, uh, those were like the really big important things to me. And then like seeing like my professor, she, is my mentor now who I've been working with all this time, but seeing her, somebody who looked like me, um, teaching, um, 
teaching and like sharing this kind of history, that was what really inspired me to want to follow in those kind of footsteps too. And um, working at the museum, working in the education uh, department, I'm able to share those histories um, with visitors who come in, school groups that come in every day. And also, you know, for the younger generation, uh, they can see me too. Um, and be like, whoa, she's, she's got the same last name as me, or I speak Vietnamese too. And, you know, if they can see that there's so many possibilities of what you can be. And it's not just a thing that you have to be boxed into. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the pain points uh, for an organization like this? Great. That's a really great question. There's so many. Ah, okay. I'm getting, <laughs> it's amazing. That's a really great question because like sometimes when you, think of an organization it seems like so like formal right there's all these like structures to it and mm -hmm. um it can be intimidating to try and be like oh I want to support but like I don't have that much money I'm not like a bazillionaire or whatever kind of thing how can I how can I make some kind of change that is like um important right and I think you know, when, when we go back to the museum and its community rootedness, um, just in the creation of itself is from people from all walks of life, just chipping in with what little, whatever they can, honestly. And um, it's, it's all of those, whatever they can that helps to build into something really amazing. So like, um, you know, we have volunteer opportunities. We have our annual like auction that happens every whole year because it's annual. <laughs> but like that's our huge gala. And like sometimes people know about that first and you've got like these paintings that are being carried out and people are like, yeah, I can spend like whatever thousands on that. And like, I know for me, I, <laughs> I don't have that kind of money to just shell out and be like, yeah, I can support the organization in that way. So um, it can be as easy as purchasing a membership, you know, um, purchasing, purchasing a membership. There's different kinds of levels and tiers. Um, when we talk about like being a volunteer, that auction isn't the only one. You know, we've got our Lunar New Year um, celebration that happens annually, too, where we need a lot of hands to help out with the different points. And um, gosh, there's, there's just so much. But like I can just root it into the history of how the building was built and owned by folks in the neighborhood, because um, for a lot of those immigrant pioneers, when they were moving in to Seattle, 1795 Nationalization Act basically said, if you were not a white man who was free and of good moral character, having lived in the United States for X amount of years, you could not become a naturalized citizen. And so not having citizenship means you can't own land or property, you can't vote, you know, a lot of the things that we enjoy and have the privilege to do as citizens, they can't partake in even though they're here the immigrants, right? Even though the working immigrants are here helping to build the country kind of thing. But so it was 170 different Chinese immigrant men who pooled in their resources to start up an investment company. 
So it's kind of funny how individuals themselves cannot own land or property, but mm. then investment companies can, right? So they did that. And with the Yik Fung, no, sorry, the uh, Kong Yik Investment Company, they were able to build up buildings in the neighborhood and have that ownership. So like the museum is really rooted in that where it's all of our contributions from what avenues we can um, share and contribute, I feel like uh, is in line with, you know, what the museum and what the building has always been all about. I hope that answers the question. No, that was, that was good. I love that too, that they had the education to realize that individuals can't own it, but if we do an investment company, we can and pull together and really creating it out of a community was the only way that they could do it. Um, that's, that's awesome. I know, like financial literacy is a big thing for me. So them understanding that is, is absolutely amazing. Um, well, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of the events, um, coming up the gala, obviously, uh, what other events, um, are coming up soon? Oh yeah. So, wow. If, if, are you a Bruce Lee fan, Lamar? <laughs> Lee fan. I'm from here. We gotta be right. Yeah. I mean, so Bruce Lee's got a lot of roots in our neighborhood too. And um, we're actually going to be closing our current Bruce Lee exhibition, I think, early June. And then uh, the new exhibition will be opening up in July. So like the public opening, I believe, is the ninth. And then our, you know, that's kind of like the really exciting time for our Bruce Lee exhibit. Um, it's going to be in its fifth iteration now and it's really amazing because all of this work has also been done in partnership with the Bruce Lee Foundation and um, I'm really excited to see this exhibit come to light because it'll be a completely different feel from what we've been seeing so if there are folks who are Bruce Lee fans and they haven't caught the current exhibition this is the time to go see it now the latest exhibit will be a lot around Bruce's philosophies and very kind of like immersive as you like go through the different spaces. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably our big, our big, big thing that definitely want folks to know about. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's definitely a great start. And I know that you guys have some programming as well. Um, I know we mentioned my, my kids probably being interested in a couple of the programs that you got that you got going. Can you speak a little bit to those? Our summer camp series, they're taking place um, in the last few weeks of July and then also the beginning week of August. And we have these different themes that, you know, cater to different uh, interests for youth. And um, the age range for summer camp, I believe, is about 5 to 12. And um, so... We definitely have information about it online that folks can look up. And uh, if there's still some spots, folks are definitely, you know, highly encouraged to register right away. And then um, other youth programs that we also have right now and throughout the year, we also have our Teens Way kind of arts program as well as Youth Can. So Teens Way is like middle school age and then uh, Youth Can is high school age. So uh all sorts of different options for uh, uh, students out there to get involved and 
get connected to the museum and then it ends up being like this lifelong thing. (laughs) What is the funding like for these programs? Is that through the memberships and kind of how does that, how can people help in that way? All right. Omario asked a really great question about how to support these kinds of programs. And it's the Ford Foundation who is generously donating a matching grant. So all donations that come in by June 30th, not June 1st, this is extra time for you to (laughs) get your money together. But um, by June 30th, everything will be matched dollar for dollar. So um, that's kind of really exciting. And um, well, not kind of, it's really exciting um, just because, there, like I said, there's so many different ways for folks to give, whether it be a dollar or five dollars or like twenty dollars or kind of thing. But like, or even more. I mean, that's like the power of it. Like, folks being able to give what they can in support of something that they feel really strongly about. Um, that's how um, programs to help support these youth, um, these youth uh, programs can continue. But then also um, just for the museum organization too to continue as well. Just, you know, thinking in light of like the pandemic and the anti-Asian hate that has come out of, you know, where folks think the origins and all the stuff of the COVID-19 pandemic comes from. It's It's been a very um, interesting, but also like, scary time for folks within the Asian uh, American community and these kinds of showing support in this way is like a really big deal too. So Don, you do, there is a partnership with the Sounders um, and there's actually going to be, you guys are going to be included um, in one of the games. Can you tell me a little bit about that? On Saturday, May 28th, the museum will be having a pop-up there and folks should definitely come out and uh, check out our tabling space so folks can learn more about the museum and see what we've got, you know, in store in the future. And come for our tours. Can you name how or speak to how other companies have, have been partners or how companies can become involved with the Wingluck Museum? Definitely. We've been seeing a lot of companies come into partnership with the museum Sometimes it's as easy as, or it's been as simple as um, organizations, uh, companies having uh, employee resource groups, right? Where they have um, specific groups that are geared towards like, you know, the Asian American, Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander uh, communities where you have these groups that plan special events and stuff like that. And um, sometimes they'll want to do things like volunteer for specific events. Like I know we see uh, some groups come annually to help with like the Lunar New Year festivities that I was talking about to help volunteer for our like house party. And um, maybe it's not volunteering that folks want to do, but sometimes it's like an outing that they want to plan for. Uh, folks in their groups uh, within those companies to get them out and connect, learn more about the museum, um, be able to hit 
those points in um, diversity and inclusion, right, engagement. Um, so, like, an easy thing that's super fun uh, for us is, like, doing food tours. Easy connection for folks to get into learning more about the neighborhood, hitting those points for diversity and inclusion. Um, uh, food is such an easy avenue for folks to, like, get connected into the China International District because we've got so many great restaurants. But it can be difficult, right? How do you know which place to go for what foods? So the museum, we did this really hard work of <laughs> researching, right? By eating at all these different restaurants to figure out what's great, what's best to go for what. And we have seasonal food tours throughout the year. So winter dumplings, springtime is uh, rice focus, like, and then, uh, Summertime is grilled things and chicken wings. And then the fall is our noodle, noodle slurp, right? So you end up getting to visit about five different restaurants or taste, you know, five things at least from five different places in the neighborhood to get a really cool overview of these special places. And um, these are, you know, really easy way for folks to like get connected and then kind of continue that partnership from there. And if it's not with food tours, any of our tours can also be private experience for you know, different companies to uh, get in touch with, to learn more, but then also bring it back and uh, help create those relationships. Well, uh, thank you so much, Don, for, for jumping on the podcast. I just wanted to make sure that we do have an action item for people who want to get involved or want to learn more. I know they can go to wingluke.org, uh, but what is a kind of a call to action, uh, a way people can get involved? Yeah, really great way to get involved is coming on down to visit the museum, thinking about memberships, making a donation. Um, we've got that uh, Ford matching grant a dollar for dollar until the uh, end of June. So, um, you know, in light of, you know, uh, inspiration and honoring how the museum's building came to be first and foremost, but then also like, you know, what our organization has been rooted around within like community. Um, sharing what you can to show that support is, is, a, is a great way to, you know, um, just be a part of this museum's work in all these different avenues that we've got. Absolutely. You heard it, guys. Head down to the Wing Luke Museum. Check it out. Hear some stories. Uh, donate now because you get that matching. June 30th is the last day. Um, if you have a company, there's some some great events that you guys can throw together that, that um, they can be a part of. Uh, if you are looking for more stories, like I said, you can even head to wingloop.org and, and check it out and read about it. Um, thank you again, Don, for coming on. This is Lamar Nagel. Thanks for listening to Community Spotlight. Go Rave Green. <laughs>